Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're didn't, always excited. Didn't we just do this yesterday? It seems like. It seems as though we do this every day. Well, we think that we think that and then we think back what's happened during the week since we were on last and gosh, there's quite a lot of stuff. Right. That's absolutely true. You probably feel the same. There's always a lot going on, especially even during the pandemic. In fact, I was just talking to somebody yesterday saying the best thing about the pandemic was Zoom and uh, ways to connect through the internet when you couldn't see each other. There are some remarkable things that yeah, happened during that's that for time. Sure. This has been kind of a quiet week. It's been a quiet week in Lake Wobegon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of you ever listened to Garrison Keeler back in the day, but uh, that's what he always started out his show with. But it's been kind of a quiet week for us, only in the sense that we've stuck around this week. We I've just been close to home and we've been um, going to basketball games and going to grandkid things and uh, getting some of our kids off on traveling where we didn't travel this week, but we have a daughter with her family in Morocco this week. And we have another daughter and her family in Guatemala this week. And well, spring break. And we were at the zoo with all the rest of you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We we probably saw you at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. We got there just to open. We thought, oh, this will be a fun, easy day. And wow, in two hours, that place was uh, crawling with people. We sometimes question ourselves whether we advocated travel and travel too much with our kids when they were young. I mean, we did travel a lot with them. We had... We were doing book tours all the time and we were well, we did going not and speaking things. Them. And then we took the kid, we used the miles from that that we had and took the kids a, a lot of places. Uh, and people would always be amazed that we were traveling with nine kids, but we took them to Africa and we took them to Asia and we took them to the, uh, Mexico and we went all over the world on humanitarian things. And we li- we spent our summers living in different places. And the the whole idea was to broaden our children's horizons, but maybe we broadened them too much because now they think they have to travel all the time Well, or live, they can live anywhere. And what we did is peanuts compared to what our youngest daughter is. Oh my goodness. They, when they, they lived in London for six years. And those of you who've been listening know that uh, and visited every country in Europe while they were there. Um, and had three, four children while they were there um, and came home when they were four, two and twins, twin babies. And now they're taking those kids. She just told me this yesterday. They're taking those kids and they are going to Europe and Europe, to Italy, Italy um, to New York, to New York. And then they're the going to London and then. Uh, he's a professor at BYU now. So they're taking students to New York with the kids. I would not do that if my life depended on it, (laughs) but I think we've created a monster. Well, there's probably such a thing as traveling too much, but on the positive side, it certainly broadens people's horizons. And, And I think the great thing with kids is to try to do more than just travel with them as tourists, to actually try to spend some time in a place and, 
assimilate the culture a little bit and, and really be there. And, and we've had some pretty good luck with that. And, and well, I think what, one of the goals of many of us as parents is to raise broad-minded, tolerant um, children who, who don't think that their way of life or their particular culture they grew up in is the only or best way. Right. And I know a lot of people are listening, thinking, yeah, you can travel. Good for you. But here I am. I haven't moved since COVID started. And I think there are so many things that you can do to broaden your kids just at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's some, there are things to COVID. learn every day. I mean, even the homeschooler people are doing an amazing job, but we can all do amazing things with our kids, even while they're home. And having them learn things at one of our dinnertime things was always ask the best question. What's your best question? And then and we've talked about that before on the show. But uh, when kids come up with questions, then they go to the Internet after dinner and really start looking things up. So which is kind of a segue into what we want to talk about today, honey bun. We want to we it's become kind of a tradition or kind of a pattern that on the second week of each month, we, we sort of go back to the idea of grandparenting and not just grandparenting, but three, three generation families, how the relationships between parents and, and grown children and grandchildren. And so whichever of those you fit into, whether you're a grandchild, a parent or a grandparent, this is important because the family and, and more than just parents and kids, but grandparents included, these are the most important relationships in life. And as many of you frequent listeners know, we're really devoting a lot of time and energy right now to grandparenting to try to help grandparents, including ourselves, to figure out this role, what it really is, what it really means. And we're We've, we've each written, or Linda's written a wonderful book on grandmothering, and I've written a little teeny book on proactive grandfathering. And we're working, we're, we're now doing some really interesting things. We're reaching out and surveying a lot of grandparents to find out what it is they feel like they need most. And we're going to share some of those survey results with you today. But, you know, it's interesting that... Uh, Grandparenting is just becoming a thing. I was I was thinking about this the other day, honey. Yeah, we, that's true. You know, it's seventy five years ago that parenting really became a thing, quote unquote, because a man named Benjamin Spock wrote a book called Common Sense Baby and Child Care. He wrote it in the mid forties, and it was sort of the first parenting book. I mean, up until then. Parenting was just something you did. I mean, you had kids. <laughs> Usually to help you uh, on the farm. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. Another farmhand. But this book started a major sort of a paradigm shift and parenting became a word and parenting books started being written after Dr. Spock's and, and, and people started thinking, oh, th this is a skill. This is something we have to learn. We have to know how to do this. This is a this is not something you just do by instinct. You, you, you have to figure out, you have to think about it. You have to have a plan if you're going to be a good parent. And, Grandparent. That, and that's a parent. And that's what we think about oh, now. Yes, I mean, that saying, happened. Yeah. 
But then, then you know, it's interesting how it breaks down, honey, because 75 years ago, he wrote that book. 25 years ago, we wrote a book called Teaching Children Values that became a number one. New Benjamin Spock's book 75 years ago was a, a parenting book that went to number one on the New York Times bestselling list. 50 years later, we were lucky enough and fortunate enough to have our book, Teaching Your Children Values, one of our parenting books was the, was the next one, the first one in 50 years that had been a number one New York Times bestseller. Which was a pure blessing because just things fell out things of heaven. Things fell into in place. place. Oprah liked the book and so on. But the point is, by then, parent there were there were lots of parenting books. You, you Now you go in a bookstore and there's a whole section on parenting books. So it's become a thing. And our point is, isn't it about time grandparenting became a thing? Because... Well, you said it the other day, honey. A lot of us are going to be grandparents for 40 years. Longer than we were parents. I mean, we've got to. Longer than we had parents in our home or kids we had. Kids in our home. Yeah. I mean, we're still parents, obviously. But I mean, as far as our stewardship over them. And uh, and of course, grandparenting is totally different because we are not the stewards of our grandchildren their parents are but and some of you are the some of you are caring for your grandchildren you know full time but it has really become a new thought in grandparents minds i think for so many years people were thinking ah oh, yes i'm done with parenting and now i am done with responsibility i'm off to sun city i can i'm gonna play golf all and, my and there life. is something about that i mean you have to admit that is a huge Thing to send the last child out the door. Well, but, and one of the worries as we, we get into the survey later in the show today, but one thing grandparents worry about is how do I balance my own freedom, which I've waited for all this time in my retirement right. and my plans and my travel and all the things. How do I balance that with the ongoing responsibility of family and trying to be a good grandparent? How do I keep my kids from taking advantage of me? How do I preserve my own life and yet still be a good grandparent. Right. And it is certainly not a full-time job, but it is something that we need to focus our minds on and we can do with little things and a small amount of time, we can do great things with grandchildren. You know, a big insurance company did a a major survey just a few years ago, three or four years ago, where they were trying to measure the attitudes of grandparents and, uh, one of the great things it found is that 80% of, of people 65 and over who have grandkids consider grand, their grandchildren to be the best and most delightful part of their lives. So we, we, we're in this thing as grandparents where we love our grandkids, we're, we delight in them, we're so happy to have them, and yet we don't spend a lot of time developing the skills or even setting the goals of, of what grandparenting should be and how, how we should go about it. And that's why we're working on this. That's why we're trying to develop a course, an actual grandparenting course. We're calling it Grandparenting 101, <laughs> indicating that it's the basics, right? I mean, we, we need to know. You don't just automatically know in fact, a lot of times your instincts, your first instincts as a grandparent are wrong. You know, you want to give, you want to give your grandkids everything, which usually does more harm than good. Right. When we've been speaking to parents through the years, we've been trying to help them develop a financial system in their family. 
And the comment at the end of everything is always the same. It's like, okay, so we get this all set up and we have been trying. And then the grandparents come in at the end and right. they just <laughs> dump a whole lot of money on our kids so they don't need any more money and it ruins the whole thing. So um, I know it is so tempting to, and obviously you want to spoil your grandchildren, but in a in a conscious way. And the point is we really, and again, we're, we're just, we're trying to be blunt here and tell you that as we work with grandparents, which we're doing now more and more, we find some real big problems. I mean, real failures in grandparenting, which usually involves sort of an extreme position. I mean, there are some grandparents who are failing just because they're abdicating. Like you said earlier, honey, they're like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not, this is not my responsibility. This is, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm getting even because I'm watching my kids have the same problems I had with them when they were kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. Don't, don't bother me. I'm, I've got other things to do. And that's such a mistake because not only are they missing out on the joy of active grandparenting, they're missing out on what they could be teaching and helping their grandkids with. And then the other end of the spectrum where where grandparents get really arbitrary and want to be in charge of everything and, and say, well, I'll give you this help, but only if you do that. And, uh, and listen, you're not very good at parenting. Let me tell you how to do it, my son or daughter. And I'm the one in charge and I'm the authority and I have the money and I have the power and you just do what I say. And we've run into some extreme examples of that, of grandparents who say, well, you're not even in my will unless you do the following things, you know, and it's just it's really awful sad, on, the, yeah. on either end of that spectrum. It's awful. Yeah, it really is. But uh, going on the other side, it is so much fun to oh. be a grandparent. Um, we were with four, those four little kids yesterday and we had a ball at the zoo. It was so fun. I got my exercise pushing <laughs> you got the everything. twins up that last hill in a uh, stroller. And um, it was, you exercise your body, but also your mind because they've got a thousand questions and, and directions that their minds are going. Well, what's interesting, honey, when you think about it, parents, as, as time passes, parents seem to have less and less time. They get busier with church and with work and with their commitments. And, and the, the, it's harder and harder to, to find the time and the mental energy to be a, a complete parent. And with grandparents, it almost works the other way. As we get older, we, we theoretically at least have more time and more freedom and more ability to help with children and creating that teamwork between the grandparent and the parent so that everyone feels bolstered and enhanced and valued and, and, and so on. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not an easy thing. It isn't an easy thing. And it's a fine line to walk sometimes, especially because we're dealing with these in-law kids yeah. who came from their own families who we do adore, but it's just really a fine line to walk to be sure you don't right. step over the line. And another set of grandparents who can sometimes feel right. like rivals or competitors for the grandkids' attention. Well, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we'll try to do two things. We'll have to move quickly, but let's come back and tell you about this survey we've been doing with grandparents and what we're learning about what their worries are. And then we'll give you a little outline of this course we're developing and we'll give you the opportunity if you're a grandparent to sign up for it or get on the list to get the invitation for it. And if you're a parent, you can pass this on to your parents, the grandparents. So hang on, we'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back uh, talking about grandparenting and all facets of grandparenting today. Because we're kind of excited about this, aren't we? Yeah, so let us tell you what we've been learning. Here's, there's some questions we've been sending out to, uh, to grandparents, and we'll send one to you once we hear from you. We need, if you want to be involved in this course that we're doing, or if you have parents you think might want to be involved, it's pretty simple. Just send a brief email. Just say, I'm interested, or whatever. Just indicate your interest and send it to Ayers Grandparenting 101 at gmail.com. Think about that and get that in your mind. Ayers, our name with a plural, E-Y-R-E-S, not an apostrophe, but Ayers, E-Y-R-E-S, Grandparenting 101, all strung together, at gmail.com. And we'll send you this survey and we'll get you on the list to be invited. But here's the survey. Number one, our first question was, would you be interested in having access to some imaginative audio stories that are designed to create meaningful dialogue between grandkids and grandparents and to open children's minds to more thought about values and behavior? And we've got hundreds of these responses back so far. And, and this is interesting. 71% want that they, they, they want values to be part of what they teach their children. And then here's an, here's an interesting number two. What kind of grandparenting course would serve you best? And we gave them a lot of options. One big, long Zoom seminar and, uh, you know, various options. But by far the biggest response, 68% said, I want an actual course. I want to get into this and have, I want it to be more than one or two quick fix things. Just, I want to, I want to go on for with a course and really get thorough. But not it. every day, just once a month. Yeah. A course, yeah. And then a follow up once a week. Right. Right. Just an um, email. And then the third, up. the third question was interesting. Uh, would you be participating on your own or with your spouse? And 54% want to do it uh, together, but 46% it might be on their own. And we're tr still exploring why that could be widows or widowers or different situations. We're trying to understand that. Here's a really interesting one. What kind of grandparent would you say you are now? And um, more, a little more than half say, I'm already a proactive grandparent. I'm trying to do things uh, you know, the other answers where I'm sort of supportive, but I don't want to be there all the time, various things. But but then the next question was, what kind of grandparent do you want to become? And 88.4%, basically 90%, want to become more proactive. Yeah, that's really, they, really interesting. They want to know how to do it. Question five. Yeah, how many grandchildren do you have? This is a pie that's all <laughs> split up in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, that is just really interesting to look at. But of those who've responded yet, 20% are, they're not grandparents yet, but they plan to become soon. 18% uh, have between four and six grandkids uh, and on up through the thing. And, and just a few, like about 4% have more, no, Sorry, 8% have more than 30. <laughs> wow. So it's a pretty big range. And then here, let us give you some of the topics and how, how many of them were really interested. 
Uh, how interested are you in each of these grandparenting topics? And the first one was the, getting over the pain of being an empty nester. And that didn't have as much interest as we thought. People were moderately interested in that. Second one was... Extending financial help that promotes self-reliance rather than entitlement. And about 40% were very, they were, they were very interested, interested and, uh, and somewhat interested. And 40% were very interested in that one. And then... How to give advice without offending adult children. And this was like the bonanza, oh, 82% yeah. very interested. How do I give advice without offending adult children? That's... That's, like That's a big one. A big one. And children then, and children-in-law. Um, oh, and then this one, making sons or daughters-in-law a true and real part of your family. And that that's huge 78%. Too. So that was a very interested, 78%. And then... Being the story link that connects your grandkids to your ancestors, branches to roots. We didn't know how that would do, but that was really amazing. Yeah, 69% said that's very important to me to yeah. connect my grandkids to their ancestors. Um, this one surprised me a little, honey. How an empty nest marriage is different and how to make it better. And only 40% 40, 40 were very interested in that. Yeah, uh, but another 35% another 30 were, were, interested. Some were, were interested. Look, yeah. that's, that's, that's a pretty, lot of interest. That's pretty good. In all yeah. three of those categories. Yeah, that's true. And then here's a huge one. Building trust, trusting, confidence, giving relationships with individual grandchildren. 94% say that is not just important, but very important to them. And lastly, um, go ahead. Setting specific goals for the kind of help and support you want to give your grandchildren at different ages. 71%. The, the bottom line is that uh, people are very, very interested in becoming better grandparents. And so this, this little course that we're working on, we've decided based on the results of the survey, and we want you to take the survey too, and we'll, we'll remind you again how to take it, but we've decided there's going to be at least a six-part course. And um, I'll just run through real quickly, and you respond, Linda. To the, the, the first part is going to be on the perspective and priority of grandparenting, just the general idea of why it's so important and how to how to get into it, how to, how to transition into a more proactive grandparent. The second course in the, in, the, in the class is goals and roles. What goals do you have for grandkids of different ages and what roles do you play with those kids? The third course is on individual, various ways and techniques for forming, forming close individual one-on-one -on -one relationships with each grandchild. The fourth class or course in the class is smart support, we're calling it, how to help financially without entitling, how to, how to give them more by giving them less, how to, how to help them gain grit and Yeah, and how to have them, you know, responsible for 50% of what it is. Yeah, matching, like matching things. Matching grants. Ex so exactly. Part five is values and faith. Huge interest in how do I help my grandchildren have stronger values and, and have faith. 
And number six, how do I link and become the connecting trunk between the branches of my grandchildren and the roots of their ancestors? So we're, we're really getting excited putting this course together. It'll be really fun. Um, we, the only thing we regret is that we can't just do a Zoom call with 10 of you at a time. So yeah. you can have, we can have the input, but we are going to learn how to take questions and uh, answer them during the time that we're there. And, and, and so have some inner interaction with you as a grandparent. Well, and you said it earlier, Linda, that the one thing that we've learned along with the rest of the world, so to speak, is how to really take advantage of Zoom. So, we imagine, because the people that are wanting to take this course are all over the country and even all over the world. And that's one thing that's going to be tough, by the way, is getting their time zones worked out so that everyone can participate. But uh, but these will be Zoom calls, but they'll be beautiful in the sense that you can see everyone's face and you can hear everyone's question. We think they'll be very interactive. We think we'll be able to take a lot of questions and that you as participants will have a lot of the answers that, that we may not have. And so we almost think of it as a movement, a bunch of grandparents who care, who want to do better, sharing ideas, right. working with each other. And we're going to learn a lot about this too, because we're not necessarily techie, but we always have grandchildren we can call to help us. So. <laughs> we should say grandparenting 101 with all tech support done by grandchildren. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but we are looking forward to this. It'll be so fun to be in touch and to and to get some feedback from people who are living in different places and different lifestyles and so on. So. And the interest is actually just overwhelming. I mean, we did an article in a little online magazine and we just said, hey, you know, if you're interested, we've done a couple of them. We, we write for a national magazine called Grand which is only goes to grandparents. Which is really a superb magazine. Yeah. And then we do more local articles with a group called Meridian magazine. Anyway, we just threw it out there and we always said is, Hey, if you're interested, send an email. And we created a new email address, IRSGrandparenting101 at gmail.com. And they, I'm telling you, we get up every morning and these, these little emails are pouring in. We're, we've got over a thousand already. Really we've just barely started. Yeah. And we'd like you to be involved. And so here's again, all and we'd like you to send you this survey and get your input on what will be in the course. By the way, honey, we didn't read the two open-ended questions. One of which is what worries you most about grandparenting? What are your goals? What are your issues? And the other one is, what would you like to see put in this course? And they're open-ended questions, and, and we've, got, we've yeah. got to go through those because yeah. we've got hundreds of them. But we'd like you to be involved. So all you have to do to trigger this, and I don't mean that to sound ominous, like we're not going to drop a bunch of stuff <laughs> on you if you send this email, but, but if you send an email to irsgrandparenting101 at gmail.com, the first thing you'll get you'll really only get two things. You'll get a welcome letter. You get a little email back that says, thanks for your interest. And here's what we plan to do with this course. Secondly, you'll, you know, a week or so later, you'll get this survey of what you'd like to learn, what you think you want to be part of this. And then third, uh, sometime later in the spring, you'll get an invitation to come to these 
these Zoom sessions and uh, to participate with us. So um, we are looking forward to spreading out a little and we have a lot to learn as well. We are interested in your input and it will be a really fascinating uh, experience for us as well. You know, I guess we're just about out of time, honey, but when, when you... When you think of grandparenting, I mean, I've learned a lot. Listen, I'm sitting next to this grandmother who is just all of her kids, grandkids call her Grammy, and they all love her so much, and they all just can't wait to see Grammy again, and Grammy has Grammy camps every summer for them, and I mean, I'm I'm sort of the guy that's just hanging on to try to keep no, up No, that's her. not true. Yeah, you're just amazing. It's and, not a competition, but you <laughs> <laughs> really do a great job with these grandkids as well. But it is something to really think about. And honestly, to be really honest, we have to keep focused on this too, because we have other things, a lot of other things that we're thinking about. And somebody, we just met with a group of our dear friends a couple of weeks ago and, and asked them what their ideas. And one of, one of them was, I just keep a little list and make sure I touch one of the grandchildren every month. And that may seem you know, silly if you only have three grandchildren, but (laughs) when you have a whole lot, it really does uh, get difficult to keep in touch with all these kids. And I have taken that idea and it has become an important part of what I do because it's so easy to lose track of these kids. They grow up so fast. So I guess the bottom line is pretty simple. Grandparenting is enormously important and it's not something you just know how to do naturally. It is, it is, it is a skill and we can all get better at it. And if we all work together and share ideas, we can all benefit more. So, and if you're just a young family to pass this on to your parents, because yeah, that will be fun for, for you and for them. So thank you for joining us today. We hope that we gave you a few things to think about and We'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Let us hear from you, Ayers Grandparenting 101 at gmail.com. Linda said if I said that one more time, she was going to hit me. No, just say bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time. Thanks for listening.